Primo production, she put on for a shot. In this big city, I want them to mention me. <laughs> Talk your shit, Bree. I definitely didn't want to have this conversation without a black man being present. So it was definitely needed. Um, I contacted Quan of the Dallas, co-creator of the Dallas dinner party. Uh, we will post more about how you guys can find out more information about him and what he do in the city of Dallas. But today we are here to speak about the importance of the black man in our community. Uh, we have solutions, but we also want to talk about the issues before we get to the solutions. Okay, so what's up, Quan? Hello, hello. How's it going? I'm uh, I'm just happy to be here. Thankful that I get the opportunity to share my perspective a little. And I'm so excited because I was thinking about this topic and I see so many like black people. Well, yeah, black people celebrating the black woman, mm -hmm. but I really don't see like the celebration of the black man. Right. And I'm like, okay, let's talk about this. But I don't want to talk about it by myself because I'm not a black man. And I don't want to come off as bashing black men because my love can be a little tough. Mm -hmm. So, <sighs> okay. So the issues we came up with, um, Quan came up with, let's talk about it. Okay. So I came up with three. The number one is we don't have enough role models in business. Uh, a lot of the role models that we have in our culture are in sports, entertainment, music. So some type of way, it's not just straight up business, you know. And then next is we got too many people that's just sports, 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 sports driven with their kids, especially young black men. And then lastly, toxic masculinity. How do we create more balanced men, more men that understand the benefits of their feminine side as well as their masculine side, because that's where we lack right now. Okay. So number one, the fact that there's not enough role models in business. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, that's prominent because I feel like young black men are, are only given two options and that's, mm -hmm. well, three be a drug dealer, bounce a ball, and produce a, a, a rap career. Mm -hmm. When there's other options like become a doctor, become a dentist, um, even a television producer, um, become even a stylist, you know? Like I feel like they're not given as many as many options as possible and maybe because they don't see a great representation of those men getting money the legal way. Mm -hmm. So what is the solution to that? And I and I was talking to Quan earlier about this because I have an after school program and I teach um, girls in the first through fourth grade different aspects of fashion. And while I'm there every single day, I've noticed that the black boys are just playing football while the, the girls are in the fashion program, the culinary program, or the STEM program. And it's like, what else do you guys have to offer to these black boys besides them playing football? Right. 
Um, and like I was saying before, I really just think that's where young businessmen need to step up and just be able to create that portion of a program where young men can just learn about simple stuff in business, uh, like getting the LLC, understanding this is what it takes to create a business bank account, you know, the DBA, the EIN number, just small stuff that if you learn this at 12, 13 years old, you won't have to learn it when you're 22, 23, finna be out of college. You already know, man, I got my EIN number. My business got five years worth of, you know, existence history. Right. I've been, I've been a business for such and such amount of time. So just explaining these small things to young men when they're teenagers, they may start a business selling T-shirts or throwing parties or selling snow cones or even selling the, the Sam's Club candy that some people sell at school. Mm-hmm. You can create a business out of that because it's all, it is already a business. But if you knew how to make it a business on paper, it would just be a lot more smarter for you in the long run. So I think just having those examples of people that will just come in and say, hey, this is how you do it. This is the how to create. You don't have to become a millionaire overnight. It's just learn how to put systems into place to where you're good. Yeah, mm-hmm. learning how to own something. And I and I look at uh, individuals like Kodak Black. Mm-hmm. He had this amazing platform, but you can tell he lacked guidance. Mm-hmm. Like he's literally a project baby. But to me, it's like that shit is not cool. It's like what else besides killing and mm, having multiple women do you have to offer? So another thing is I feel like to I feel like my opinion, I feel like a lot of men, especially black men, don't know the importance of their essence in our community. Like a black woman can teach only so much mm-hmm. to a black little boy. I have a son and I had to look at the bigger picture. Once we sat down and we said that we wasn't going to be together, um, I had to look at the bigger picture and say, I can't teach him everything that he needs to know as right. a as a black man, because I only know the perspective as a woman. And I feel like a lot of men feel like they are only obligated to those within their family. Like volunteering is not even an option. So how do we go about even like presenting these type of ideas to a black men that have some type of platform or power? That's a really good question. Mm-hmm. Do, do we have to put in a rap song? <laughs> do we have to have future to rap it out? I think just having the right people in our community, you know, it just takes one at a time. Like, here in Dallas, we got, what's his name, Antonio, right? Antonio does Prosper Dallas, and he just started the scholarship for Clyde. Clyde Williams, I don't know if you're familiar with Clyde, mm-hmm. but pretty much Antonio is starting that. People are going to be able to see that and see, like, okay, I know Antonio. Maybe I can do something similar. You know, Antonio is going to become an inspiration for a whole lot of people because we've had a lot of people fall in the city of Dallas that, okay, their friend may start a scholarship in their name, just like like Roy Lee. I wouldn't be shocked if somebody came up with a scholarship, you know, after Roy Lee, something that's based around comedy or social media or, or whatever to where just to honor his name. But I think just different stuff like that to where we just need examples 
examples, more and more examples, and then for those examples to be put in the spotlight, not forever, but for a certain period of time for people can just understand, like, it's out here. You know, people are actually making these moves. Yes. Um, I, I de- representation is definitely needed in the mm-hmm. Black community. I feel like so many, not only now that I'm in this um, position, I feel like so many people can be inspired, not only like the kids, but also older people. Mm-hmm. Because I get so many older people to come to me and say, Brie, you inspire me. And at first they used to like, Shock, you. Shock me. Like, oh my gosh, you older than me. But I had to also realize that everyone don't really have that type of inspiration in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the second thing you said was, what was the second thing? Oh, my second issue? Yes. Sports. Oh. I think too many young, too many people put their kids in sports way too early. Like, are our, our black people? Because... <laughs> We already athletic. Like if you didn't start playing sports until ten or twelve, you would still be good because you're still a black person. Like you're still already athletic. Yeah. But if you use those early years from, because some kids start sports at four years old or earlier, all and they play in their entire life, so they don't know anything else. But imagine if you didn't start playing until you was like eleven or twelve. That's six or seven years that your parents can strictly be teaching you trades you know my sister she knows how to video edit make graphics design websites her birthday is literally today she just turned 13 so all of this learning these different things in 10 years she don't understand how powerful that's gonna be for our family i know i'm gonna be able to just say hey hey girl do this she's gonna be in college not even understanding that you are a huge asset to everything that we're doing and although i know how to do a lot of those things but when it's just recreated within our family cycle that my brother is a photographer and he edits video and this and that. So under if think about just teaching kids this at six years old, seven, eight, they don't understand that they learn is something that's going to benefit the family for 20 years, 30, 40, 50 years. But after about 10 years, when you're asking them to do so much more content for it, they're going to understand like, oh, snap, they need me. I'm a part of this, you know, and just... Just imagine six years to eight years of just learning nothing but stuff that can benefit the family. And then I think the issue when it comes to sports related is the fact that no one is being taught how to own Mm -hmm. sports teams. Because you got to think about Colin. Mm -hmm. I don't think that would have been an issue if a black person owned a sports team. It's like, okay, we'll just come over here. Mm -hmm. You want to kneel? Just come over here. And since uh, no one really having rights in the NFL, it's like you literally have to just sit there and just wait for them to give you a service package mm-hmm. for all of your abilities and what you've done in the past. And to me, that's that's crazy. Like why no one is teaching me like LeBron. I, I really appreciate LeBron mm-hmm. because at first I used to look at LeBron like, why are you bouncing all over why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Why are you not sticking to one team like Jordan? Like everybody, else, right? like everybody else. But it's like, I think LeBron look at it like I have power. Like these are my abilities. I have power over my body. If I want to go to this team, that team, and this team, I can do so. I think it's like a 
It's a power issue for him. And I and I respect that as a black man. And not only is he flipping his uh, money into the community and creating schools, but he also teaching other players to invest in their money and have that confidence to be in that white space and still own something. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if they are going to if we are going to teach our kids sports, we need to teach them sports medicine, uh, sports Management. I definitely agree. I think uh, that's it's really powerful what you just said because what LeBron has done with his group of friends and putting people around him to, well, not putting people around him, they were already around him the entire time. But before, they used to call him his posse. But now they became a company. You know, he has the media company that does the different shows and different concepts and whatnot. And I'm pretty sure you've seen like the barbershop concept. Oh yeah. I love that. And then LeBron has done a few different interviews and whatnot, but a a lot of that stems from deals created from the media company. Right. So that's extremely smart because now people know, or they'll begin to know, I don't have to be LeBron. I can be the guy that's setting up this deal. I can be the guy that's doing this and doing that. And if LeBron is being that person that's saying, yeah, I'm putting my whole team on these are guys that I went to high school with. I've been knowing them since I was 18, 19, 15, 16. It becomes, all right, I know I go to Woodrow Wilson High School. I'm not the coldest person on the team, but I see him. He's really, really good. Maybe I can be his XYZ, whatever school he commit to. I'm going to go to that school as well and just do this for him and then create. So people will be begin trying to create as a group. And then you're developing yourself just by being that for that one person. Yeah. Because then you're building a resume as well. So it's just understanding and being able to understand. We're trying to launch each other as a group and not just as one. Yes. Even though LeBron may be bigger than everybody else within his group, still they can, yeah. they, they can take care of the family they eat. Because Jay-Z said, he said that if I'm the only person winning at the table, then I'm losing. Mm-hmm. And that makes more sense. And I that makes so much sense. And I say that all the time. Like, I don't want to be the only person at the table eating. Because at one point, other people are going to be looking at your plate. Mm-hmm. And instead of them asking for a piece of meat off your plate, they're going to take it. Because you're so selfish and you just hyping yourself up that you're not thinking about your community. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I definitely agree with you when you say, you know, that we need to take our time when it comes to sports and give them the ability to learn other things. Because uh, when they learn the importance of thinking, they'll be able to flip that and still be able to be prominent and useful in the sports industry. Like there's so many options right? But in the sports industry. Well, we only know about playing. Exactly. <laughs> and just think about if you're not if you're not thinking about all the business opportunity there is in the sports industry, you can be sucked into trying to become a good player all the way up to 20, 21, 22. And you're really just a mediocre player, but you would have been a great manager or you uh-huh, would have been yeah. a great, you know, person that creates advertising deals or whatever that may be. So it's just understanding your strengths. And I just think some people can get sucked into it for so long to where they, they really miss an opportunity to be on the really great person's team, as opposed to just pushing themselves to greatness when they could have been great in the hole in the lane. That's true. 
Well, you guys, we're going to take a short break. Shout out to our sponsors, and we will be right back. Okay, you guys, we are back. Shout out to our sponsors. I am here talking to Quan about the importance of the Black man in our community. And we have pretty much gone over um, a few, well, two solutions and issues within our community. So we are now about to wrap it up and talk about the most important issue. And it's going to take probably another hour or so. (laughs) I don't know. Okay, Quan, what's up? What you got? Okay, so mental health and masculinity, Mm. right? Mm -mm -mm. With masculinity, I think... First, let me start by saying I don't think there's anything wrong with masculinity. I think there's something wrong with not having a a balance of feminine energy within that as well. And I think that's what can create mental health issues for people when one part of yourself is being suppressed, 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 when really you need to learn how to flow in both regards, you know? I can say, you know, the problems all day, but I just just a few solutions that I think we could we could implement. And I have actually done these myself is counseling. I went to counseling on a biweekly basis while I was in college. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. How do you feel about counseling? I love it. Wait, wait, wait. Pause. Did someone suggest? Yes. Okay. My friend, he was a counseling major. He was like, yeah, bro, I went like two, three weeks ago. You should go. The lady, she's real cool. Da, da, da. He referred me to the lady. I requested her. Then after I talked to her, maybe it took me like two visits to warm up to her. But after that, she was cool. She was like, it was just like having a friend that I knew could tell nobody what we talking about. So I was very expressive, very, very expressive. And that was my first time just thinking so introspectively. And she was pushing me. And it's crazy. Counselors know they're just the perfect question to ask every time, you know, and they just I don't want to say pride because it's counseling, but they just they just know how to ask questions. Right. Like skillfully. So pretty much I really, really enjoyed that experience. And I think that is something at a young age, just learning to be asked questions as opposed to giving directives. And this was on your college campus? Right. Right. Okay. So I went to a Commerce. Oh, I did too. <laughs> That's probably why we got so many mutual Facebook friends. Yeah. And pretty much uh, the social science building, the mm-hmm. not social science, but it's like a little center that we have. And they have like massage chairs, all of that. Going there is free. I think you got three, I think like eight or nine free per semester. And I don't know, your insurance could cover up to a certain amount of extra beyond that, but I didn't start going to like nearly the middle of the semester, so I never actually ran out of them, so I don't know exactly. But yeah, I didn't have to pay nothing out of pocket, and I just had free therapy. I used to go to the, um, I never talked to a therapist while I was there, but I did go to the massage chairs (laughs) probably like two times out of the month, and I'm telling y'all, like, I've always been an advocate about self-time, me-time, um, self-love. Even when I was, like, in high school, I would take days off from my friends and be like, yo, I need to get away from y'all. <laughs> and it was, they understood that. I'm like, 
Yeah, I need to get away. I need some me time. And then when I was in college and I realized how stressed I was, and I think somebody else told me about the massage chairs as well. And I was in there like two times mm-hmm. out of the month. And ever since then, um, I every month I get massages, especially as an entrepreneur. I cannot be running around unbalanced. I cannot. So, yes, that is definitely... Um, Mental health is an issue, and the solution is talking to somebody and um, self-love and self-care, really taking care of yourself, um, using the resources around you. College students, if you are in, in college, most likely your campus have those um, those people for you, a therapist and a, for free, <laughs> and a massage chair. <laughs> Get in the massage chair. Don't be on your... Oh my gosh, don't be on campus like super stressed, worrying about finals and life. Cause a lot of us black kids have to go to school and manage school and jobs. Mm-hmm. But that's another issue. That's another topic. <laughs> I had a lot of my friends had multiple jobs in college. Multiple, multiple. I had two. Man, I barely worked. I don't lie. I had two <laughs> and I was like taking five classes per semester. Sheesh. Yeah. So I totally understand. Please take care of yourself mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is another issue that I have with a uh, black man, because I feel like y'all just swipe shit to the side and just uh, suppress it. So as a black man, because I didn't want to have this conversation by myself because I didn't want it to come off as if I was bashing black men. But I honestly feel like you guys suppress a lot of emotions. And why do you feel like that is the case? Because you can be seen. You think that you can be seen as weak when you are too emotional. Or if you show your emotions to the wrong person, they could exploit you, you know? So... Like, growing up, my mama kind of encouraged me to speak on how I feel sometimes, but sometimes she should totally shut it down to where it's like, I'm not trying to hear your perspective, you know? Mm-hmm. And my pops was that way all the time. He used to say, <laughs> he used to say, uh, this is dictatorship. Ain't no, ain't no opinions. It's a dictatorship, period, you know? And I did it. You know, I get it from his perspective, from his perspective, but I also see like how it can still be a dictatorship, but just listen, you know, just listen, because sometimes people don't really have to change the outcomes. If they just feel like they've been heard, it's okay now, you know, and I've kind of learned that through my entrepreneurial process as well, that sometimes I, as a leader, I behave like a dictator and I don't listen as well as I should. So I try to make it a point at times to really, really ask and get feedback like, hey, if I could do something better right now, what would it be? What would you grade me on right now? This is how I grade myself and these are the reasons. What would you give me and what are the reasons? Just totally be honest. Tell me how you feel. And I try to do that sometimes because I know how I can come off being a little domineering, being a little forward you know with how i just give directives and i think it's it stems from what i received you know growing up and i think a lot of young men may have received that exact same type of treatment to where your mama is 
yelling and saying, I ain't trying to hear it. Uh, just really just not allowing you to speak and just yelling over you to where you don't really, even if you do know how to talk, are you really, really expressing your emotions or are you just trying to get through the situation without more of a headache? You know, because sometimes men can just argue with a woman and not get too deep into it just so it's over now. Let me get back to what I'm doing. Let me play 2K or let me get back to my day. Whatever. Yeah. All right, she done talking. It's over now. But did you really, really address it? You know? And I think that's something that has to kind of be addressed because first you have to understand how to connect and then what to be able to connect to what they say to you and then be, being able to connect with yourself and feel how you feel in that moment and then being able to convey that to them. So there's steps of that process. And you know what that's teaching them? Communication skills. Right. And I think a lot of women would agree and say the biggest thing that black men need is communication ability, you know? And I think it doesn't stem from not wanting to communicate. It stems from not knowing how. Because first you have to know how to communicate with yourself. You got to know how to receive information. You got to. And I'm not I'm saying these things because I've struggled with them, too, you know, to where it's like, dang, I get what she's saying, but I ain't trying to hear that shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, then that evolves to I get it. But damn, I don't even know how I'm supposed to feel, how I'm supposed to react. And then once you overcome that, it becomes I'm sorry. I, I know how I feel. I know how I but how do I say this to them? You know, so there's steps to it. And if you catch somebody when they haven't mastered the steps or well, you really never master it because more and more things get, as you get older, things get harder and harder to talk about or problems get more and more sticky. So it's really, it's just murky. Those lines get, lines get blurred and it's just hard to understand yourself and how to communicate, how to gauge people, and most of all, how to gauge yourself where you are spiritually. And I think it is very important that we learn how to agree to disagree. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not a murder scene. It shouldn't be a fight. It shouldn't even be an argument um, to the point where you feel like you have to put your hands on somebody because they disagree with you. Because I've learned from personal experience and and also in business that... um, you can actually learn from disagreements mm-hmm. and you can pick something out from that and be like, oh, wow. Yeah, I can. OK, so me just being an, an entrepreneur, there's a lot of customers, clients that I have to deal with. <laughs> and even though I don't agree with their practices, I still have learned from that situation and added that as a benefit in my company mm-hmm. some type of way. Um, It also taught me how to protect myself as well. So if somebody don't pay me, I know next time deposit. And that's you. You learn that from disagreements. If everything is all peachy all the time, you're not really learning anything. Right. And that goes with the the um, the relationship between the black woman and the black man. Oh, my gosh. There's uh, so many disagreements on that behalf. (laughs) And again, that's the reason why I didn't want to have this conversation like alone. I just didn't want to just sit up here and and speak about it um, by myself. I needed that male perspective because there's there's things that I scratch my head on when it comes to Mm -hmm. black men. Um, Y'all shut down a lot. 
just turn away when someone is disagreeing with you and take it as a threat when it's really not a threat. It's it's pretty much like I care about you and I just want you to learn from your toxic behavior. So how do we teach our black boys about this toxic behavior? Um, because I feel like the only examples that they really get is from music. And that's really like they picking up this, this toxic behavior from music. I think we just have to, it's not more so punish bad behavior. It's more encourage and reward good behavior. People, just to make an analogy, when people like dog trainers know hitting a bad dog is not going to work as well as giving the good dog a treat because dogs want the treat, you know? So not to say that we're dogs, but just think what is a treat for a young human for, but what are we giving treats for? Are we calling young men heartbreakers and say, oh, he's going to break a lot of hearts. Don't do that. Just saying small stuff like that gets ingrained in his mind. But if you're saying to a young man, hey, you're going to have a a great wife one day. You're going to be a good husband one day. Saying little stuff like that over time, it'll get in his mind like, maybe I will be. Maybe I should be because this is where the treat comes from. This is how I gain honor. This is how I be seen as the big guy around because we all want to be the big guy, right? So it's just a matter of switching what we value, you know, switching how the role models are perceived and how we allow role models to be put in that position to even be a role model. And that's even, I think that's a bad thing to say because you can't really choose who somebody else is going to influence. Right. As a role model, this, I can't, Pimp and Ken influence tons of people, but you can't say that he's a, like, you get what I'm saying? It's just a matter of having more of one thing rather than more of the other thing. Because right now, and what we've come from as a black people is having tons of people that are maybe in a more negative light, using negative energy to influence people. But once we transition that into let's be a more positive people that create with each other, then it then it becomes positivity is rewarded. And then that's where the tree comes from. Then you have a lot more people just being positive, naturally creating, you know, and it becomes a lot more easier. It flows and it just works. Right. And uh, um, another issue that I have is the, the term or the phrase, um, let a man be a man. Mm-hmm. To me, that's not allowing you guys to see the um, the bullshit that you can possibly bring to the table. To me, that's justifying the bullshit. Mm-hmm. Let a man be a man or let boys be boys. That is trash to me. And I, I really feel like we need to eliminate that phrase from our community because attached to that phrase is um, infidelity. And poor behavior, poor behavior all the way around, um, not only against themselves, like black men against themselves, but also against women, mm-hmm. black women, when you allow a man to be a man. And in in most cases, that phrase is used to justify cheating. So 
Huh, black man. You know what? Honestly, I don't have an issue with a man not being monogamous. And I say that because I feel like if you're honest with all parties and you say, oh, I have three, four, five wives and all the wives know they are a wife and you guys are pretty much in that situation together, like creating a family. Who am I to just judge that? If that works for you and what you got going and the women that you have around you, that's none of my business. But I feel like with the lies and yeah, you can damage people. And not only like the women, but also your children, because now these children are brought up in these broken homes and the essence of the black man is demolished. So now they only get their perspective from a black woman. And to me, that's trash. I'm, I'm saying it right now. Like for any child just to have that perspective of a black woman, especially a black boy, that's trash to me. So it brings that and it also brings confusion. It brings separation because you might have a, a, a baby mama in South Dallas, but yet you got a baby mama in Allen or you got a baby mama in in Oak Cliff. How do you manage all those those homes? Your kids totally different. Right. Totally different. Going to different schools, influenced by so many people. It's only so much you can do as a father. So that's the only thing that I have. Um, a problem with when it comes to allowing a man to be a man like do you really have your shit in order Mm -hmm. because I understand if your kids are living with you and you with one woman like the whole tiny tiny and T.I. like people like them they can move a certain way because of the money aspect that they have in their lives but at the end of the day it's like some of your kids gonna feel like you was more permanent in their lives because you was at home with their mom Mm -hmm. It's, it's just too much. But if you're in a situation where you married to like two or three women and everybody knows what's going on and you guys are working together as a team, that's that's cool. That's different, yeah. That's a different situation because you are creating group think, group economics. There's no like all the baby mama, baby daddy drama is all on one accord. So there's two... That's two different things. And I tried to express that to other men <laughs> and they look at it like, no, a man going to be a man. It's like, that's trash. So how do you feel about that? Uh, how you feel about uh, monogamy? <laughs> I've, I've thought about polygamy extensively and the is monogamy truly natural you know of course we try to play with the statistics you know there's more women than men blah 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 but I just the situation I'm in I think I don't see myself being with multiple people right now or at all period because I just value what I have so much. I don't see how my my situation could transition into polygamy, and I don't really want it to. But I do understand how polygamy exists 
within communities. And I do understand the benefits. Like, okay, this person does this, 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 and this. This person teaches the kids. This person is a businesswoman. This person does this. So I definitely feel like polygamy could work. It just has to be a lot of ego death within the situation. Yes. And the man has to be first in that ego death. You can't act like the big hunch of sticking your chest out because you have the women. It has to be, you have to be the ultimate resource for them. Absolutely. You have to be able to provide. Mm -hmm. Yes. So this conversation was important to to have because um, I feel like a lot of you don't understand the, the essence and the importance of the black man and disregard the, the issues. I honestly feel like black men are needed. Mm-hmm. And we cannot neglect that fact at all. Um, I don't think it's cool to be super independent. I think is, I think if we all get on one accord and work together as a team, then it would be so powerful. Because in my mind, God is made up of both the the female and the male energies combined. And if we just have that feminine energy just taking complete role, then we will only get that one-sided perspective. And if we have the black man stepping up and even being allowed to step up, because it's a lot of men that want to be prominent figures in our community, but they are either shut down or disregarded. Like you said, your, your mom would tell you, be quiet. And I think it's, is is needed like i think we need to allow black men to speak their opinion and be allowed to uh make a change in our community and um have some type of voice because we we cannot just have black girl magic roaming this earth we need both black girl magic and black boy joy seriously because without it, it's like ugh everybody would be thinking like females. Yeah, just a lot more young black men to really value themselves. And well, I don't think we don't value ourselves. I think you just need to be taught intentionally to value at a much, much, much younger age. Value yourself, value black people, value your blackness. And that needs to be something that we intentionally teach at a young age. And then you won't have to reteach how to love yourself at the age of 24, 25. You don't have to reteach it because you already know it's what you come from. It's who you are already. Yeah. And I and a great example of that is Antonio Brown. Mm-hmm. When he when he spoke out about what's going on with him in the NFL and he, he talked about how his father raised him with confidence and money management skills to the point where it's like, okay, if I don't get back on the NFL, then I'm cool. He said, my house is paid for, um, pretty much have money management skills. My my dad taught me how to be a good man. I'm fine. I love the game, but I don't need the game. And that type of teaching, like you said, is definitely needed. It's definitely needed. That confidence level as a black man, period, y'all need that confidence level where you can look a white man in the eye and just be like, no, nah, that's not going to go down because 